0: welcome guys to the recovering reality podcast i'm your host eric Fredrickson. we are honored that we could be a part of your recovery journey and encourage you and help you in any way possible before you enjoy this awesome podcast we also just want to let you know there is a whole bunch of free resources that you can find on our website at recoveringreality.com enjoy the podcast Welcome, friends, to another adventure here on the Recovering Reality Podcast. Let's dive right into this today, all right? I want to dive into the topic of encouragement and discouragement, and I'll tie the two together. But, you know, this is really important anytime. Like, at any time, um, being aware of how encouraged we are and how much we're encouraging other people is extremely important. It sounds so simple. It's like, I need something more profound. I need a bigger revelation or breakthrough for what I'm dealing with. And I understand the place for that some, you know, some more wisdom and and going a little deeper in our understanding with God and some things. Um, But this is something that's extremely simple. And I want to paint the picture for it in a very real and profound way from a book here. Okay. But now more than ever in the midst of uh, this COVID fiasco that we're uh, in the middle of. It's just so important to stay encouraging people, to to learn how to personally stay encouraged. And it does take intentionality, especially right now, it does take intentionality, but the, the benefits are unbelievable. You know, and I tell my clients all the time, okay, let me paint this real picture before I read this story. Um. So, so I tell my clients, I'm like, look, if you're going to the gym, okay, consistently, you're in the gym, you're not going there to become a bodybuilder, all right? You're just going to stay fit, um, the cardio, and just, you know, be in good health. The fastest way to tell how much the gym was benefiting you is to stop going. It's the same with prayer. My clients all the time, they're like, I don't understand prayer. And, I don't this, and this week was rough. You know, I was having a hard time. And I tell him, um, and, and then we're talking about like, you know, and I was worried about that stressed about this. And I did that and I wish I wouldn't have done it. And I just say, hold on, hold on a second. So for the last few weeks when we were connecting, you were telling me how you were in that place of constantly connecting with God in prayer in the word, writing, doing these things. And the last three weeks, we weren't talking about all this, all this anxiety and problems you're having. And this week you were praying less. Now we're talking about all this anxiety and confusion and stress that you're having. Do you see a correlation there? It's the same as the gym. We go for weeks and months and we we just begin to enjoy the benefits and we become comfortable in it. And, you know, we have more energy, more clarity, we're sleeping better, so on and so forth. And then we stop and in a week uh, we're eating crap and we're eating garbage and we're not feeling good. And what's what's going on? Well, you're beginning to experience the lack of the reward that was coming from the discipline you were engaged in. And encouragement is extremely similar. When we stay encouraged, it benefits us in so many ways. You know, I'm I'm probably going to stay on this topic for, you know, I know I've had guests for months now and um, they've been awesome when their stories are super encouraging, hopeful, and and amazing, and and dig into them because they are. But I I think I'm really going to hammer this encouragement, Topic. I'll probably do another one. Just the scientific studies that have been done, what takes place in our mind, what takes place in our immune system, what takes place in our physical body when we stay encouraged, when we speak positive, when we are living in a way where we're around positive people, hopeful, going after our dreams, it affects us on a molecular level. And it's been proven. So now I'll have to do one on it. But let me dive into this story. Okay. This is a book. I'm currently reading it for the third time now. It's called How Full Is Your Bucket? It was written in 2004 by Tom Rath and Donald O. Clifton, who has a PhD. This book is only, I mean, I think it's like 150 pages or something. This book is like, it's not even that. It's like 120 pages or something. It's a smaller book with big print. I mean, you could read this thing in an afternoon, easily get it done in a couple of days. It's not extensive. But it is so concentrated with just pure nuggets and gold. This isn't a um, Christian book or a spiritual book, so to speak. But it is. It is so unbelievably spiritual and kingdom-minded that it. I, this again. This is the third time I'm reading through it. Okay, and I'm I'm going to be referring to it as I do these uh, encouragement podcasts. This little series I want to dig into here. Dig into here, but. I want to start with chapter one, and I'm just going to go over a story they start the book with. Now, the premise for this book is this. Donald Clifton got into the field of psychology in the 50s, and he noticed immediately that all they were doing was studying what was wrong with people. And he said, I'm going to make it my life's work to study what's right with people. And he did. So this book here is 50 years of studies. They did tons of studies on the... uh, the effects of positivity and encouragement on the workplace and organizations and our health and so many different things okay it's it's amazing and excuse me they so so this book is over 50 years of research study and experience okay it's powerful it's amazing millions of people have um, gone through like personal courses of his their lives have been transformed um, thousands of businesses have implemented this thing um, it's called bucket dipping. How full is your bucket? Essentially what it's talking about is like when we are encouraging, we're filling other people's buckets and we want to constantly learn how to stay encouraged and encourage other people. Not because it's some cool rah-rah self-help thing, The, the actual proven results and rewards of staying in an encouraging mindset are profound, profound on the workplace and in our own personal lives. So they start with this. This is literally starting on, on page one of chapter one, okay? They talk about the extreme effects of discouragement, all right? And this is how they paint the picture. In the Korean War major, I'm not going to read it. I'll just skim through this and hit the highlights here. But in the Korean War, um, major doctor, William Mayer, later became, he became the uh, U.S. Army's chief psychiatrist. He studied over a thousand American prisoners of war who had been detained at one specific North Korean POW camp. All right. Now, this POW camp here was an interesting one, to say the least. All right. This POW camp here had the highest death rate of any POW camp in modern warfare history. This is literally a quote from one of the pages. It says, "Relentless negativity resulted in a 38 percent POW death rate, the highest in U.S. military history. This camp had the highest death rate in modern warfare history." All right, now, but let me tell you about this camp. This camp had no torture. The guards did not have weapons, and there were no fences around the camp. It's so like, what the? How is that even possible? Were they poisoning them? Not physically with food, but spiritually, mentally, that's exactly what they did. They infected them with a spiritual cancer. So highest death rate, no torture, no, no armed guards and no fences. So what on earth was going on there? The Koreans actually called it, um, extreme psychological warfare, okay? Um, What they would do is they would literally drive people into hopelessness, so much so that it would literally kill them, okay? Let me just, I'm going to read a paragraph. I was getting caught up on my words here because I want to, I'm just going to read the paragraph right here, okay? Mayor had discovered a new disease in this particular POW camp, okay? A disease of extreme hopelessness. It was not uncommon for a soldier to wander into his hut, look despairingly about, deciding there was no use in trying to participate in his own survival. He would go into a corner alone, sit down, pull a blanket over his head, and he would be dead within two days. The soldiers actually called it give up itis. These guys would have no real sickness. They would have no, there was no actually anything physically killing them. But they would get so discouraged with negativity, they would crawl into a corner, pull a blanket over their head and die. Craziness. Okay. So what exactly was going on? Well, these were the four tactics, all right, that the North Koreans used. Deny a man the emotional support that comes from interpersonal relationships. One, by informing. Two, self-criticism. Three, breaking loyalty to leadership and country. Four, withholding all positive emotional support. Some of the things they would do. One of the things they would do is they would put guys in groups of 10 to 12. And as they put them in these groups, they would make each individual stand up and confess to the whole group everything that they could ever remember that they had done wrong. And it would also make them confess the things that they should have done right, but didn't. Okay. They would get them so bickering and internally the the relationships amongst American soldiers, they would get them to hate each other so much that whether you were a colonel or a private, none of them cared. They could care less. There's even a story that they cite in here where there's a group of them in a, a rice paddy field and the colonel knows that the water in the field is will, will kill you, give you dysentery. It's got bacteria in it. One of the soldiers who's lower ranking goes to drink it and the colonel says, don't drink it, man. Like if you drink that, you're going to get really, really sick. Don't do it. And the lower ranking officer says to him, again, they're prisoners, but the lower ranking officer says to him, you're not a colonel in here, man. You just, you worry about you, I'll worry about me. And he drank the water and he died of dysentery three days later. Another thing that they would do is they would, you know, some of these guys, their family members actually knew they were in a POW camp. um, And so mail would actually make it to them. So when they would read the mail, they would only give them letters that had negative news. Even down to, they cite examples of like, mail from past due bills they hadn't paid even made it to some of them somehow didn't say the detail of how that happened but it did happen they would give them bills past due bills um if a letter came that said something positive trying to encourage you like hey i hope this reaches you we're still praying for you hoping for you hoping for the good things to come in your life so on and so forth that you get freed uh they wouldn't give it to them but anytime they found a letter of like a um uh, a wife saying you know i I've given up. I can't keep this. I've moved on to a different relationship. Or um, your father died, or your brother died, or your child is sick, or something like that. They would give it to him. Just pump them full of negativity. It was so intense psychologically that it literally had the highest death rate out of all POW camps in the history of modern warfare. That's crazy to me. I've, this is again, this is the third time I'm going through this, this book. And every time I read it, I've, you know, mentioned it in workshops I've taught and courses I've taken people through. I just think it's such a profound example of the power of negativity, discouragement. I think of the flip side of that. If that's how powerful discouragement negativity is, well, how powerful is positivity and encouragement? How powerful is that? I'm telling you, I've seen people's lives be dramatically transformed by just giving them an encouraging word at the right timing in the right season. And they are able to stand on it and see their life transform, okay? I'll cite a story real quick. So I just love God. As many people that follow the podcast know or know me personally. And um, I just love seeing people encounter God, not religion, but God. And I was at the store just the other day, all right? Now we are in the midst of this COVID stuff and still. And, you know, these masks, you know, they really do. They, they silence us and divide us, you know, and I don't even want to go down the thing of the scientific. There's there's science that say they actually don't work at all. And then there's science over here. that says they do work. They work really, really well. Everyone should wear them. And it's like, uh, so, so I don't, there's science that says everything, this side's right. That side's right. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really know. Maybe there's probably a good space in the middle maybe, but, just i just say that to say but this much i know when everyone's wearing masks we don't talk to each other we don't encourage each other it 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 promotes isolation and i'm watching this young man at the store the other day okay and i could just tell he is so discouraged his body language his eyes i don't even need to see his mouth or his facial expressions i could tell just by looking at him um i could also tell he was somebody and, and god began speaking to me i could just like i got this sense that he really, um, is a leader that, um, he really wants to be someone that speaks, uh, that he, th- there was a few different things. And I, and I went up to him, um, and I just said, look, man, this might sound strange, but I just want to encourage you with something. That's literally what I said. And he literally like, I could hear his voice under the mask, you know, but he literally was like, yeah, what's up, man? Like an employee at a store, you know, they're supposed to be like, yes, how can I help you today? What, what's going on? He was like, yeah, what's, what, what's up, man? So I said, "Look, dude, I can just tell that you're discouraged right now because you're working this job and you feel like you should be further along in life." But I just felt like God wanted me to encourage you that you're a leader. This is not your final destination. This is a stepping stone. This is a training ground for you to step into the more that God has for you. And I just feel like that you have a heart to speak. And I began to say some more specific, detailed things, and without being able to see his face or his sorry, his mouth and his nose because he had the mask on. I could literally see him smiling by just his eyes. His count, his physical countenance changed. His whole demeanor changed in a minute. Not, not even a minute, in like five seconds. Just by speaking, and I'll go over that in another podcast, how scientifically proven that we our actual words, be it words filled with hate or love, encouragement or discouragement, literally have an effect on the molecular structure of our body. It's been scientifically proven, okay? Now, he immediately was like, man, you're right. Like my mom tells me that every morning, my mom tells like he said a, a couple of specific short phrases I used to encourage me. He said, my mom specifically tells me that all the time and she goes to church and she's always praying for me. And I don't know if I'm really yet, there yet. I don't know what that's about, but like, this is crazy, man. And immediately his whole, it was like the words coming out of my mouth were weapons that got the depression off of his body. Spiritually speaking, that's exactly what happened. My words breathe life. Into his reality. And I just said, Look, man, your mom's right. And God knows you. God loves you. God's going to be helping you in this next season. You just need to know that it was Him that encouraged you through me. He just wants a relationship with you. And it's Him that came to encourage you right now. He's not even going to remember my name. I didn't have a mask on. He might remember my face, but he's not even going to. But he'll remember the moment when he was sitting there so depressed and upset at work. And a perfect stranger came up and told him exactly what he needed to hear. And it shifted his entire countenance shifted his whole demeanor and I just I say this to say it's like so 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 how is it we stay encouraged individually how is it in the midst of this I tell people it's got to be intentional we can't passively sit back and just expect to be encouraged all the time especially at this season of what is going on in the political climate the economic climate the you know Alcohol sales, um, I wrote a whole blog on it, are like up hundreds of percent than the normal right now. Um, The overdose rate is skyrocketing. Literally, if you just type in overdose rate skyrocketing, you're going to see like, I think when I typed it up, there was like eight, I think. Eight different states use skyrocketing overdose rates in the actual titles to articles they wrote just for their state. The skyrocketing overdose rates, like addiction, abuse, suicide, type that in, suicide going on. Like it's crazy what is going on right now. And I tell people like, look, you, you and I, I can't change the whole world by myself. Nobody, no, like we can't do that. All right. It's obvious. But what I can do is I can spread it. I can spread encouragement. Like it's contagious. All right. Like it's an infection. Like it's a good infection all the time, everywhere I go, okay? I can encourage people just by stating the obvious, hey, look, I know it's a rough day at work right now. I can tell you, you look like you're struggling. Hey man, hang in there. I I was watching you from over there. I can tell you're doing a good job and you're someone that works hard. Like we, we pass over how powerful something like that is in someone's life. We just think, well, that's not that big of a deal. I got my own problems. I got my own worries. Yeah, yeah, I I get that. We all do right now. But how many times have you ever taken the time out of your day to encourage somebody else and you actually left more encouraged? Because it's a paradoxical paradise. The more that I make it my focus to give, the more I get. And I don't give to get. I give out of compassion to like, man, people are struggling right now. God loves them and people are struggling right now. I can relate, but we can stay in this together and encourage each other. I can stay in a place where I'm going out of my way to do good. And in that place, good comes back. In that place, I stay just as encouraged. So I just want to challenge you, like even as you're listening, say you're not encouraged right now. If you were to just pause for a moment, pray, or just quiet yourself and think of somebody you know that could use some encouragement right now. Step out of your comfort zone and call them, you know, a text, an email. It can it can be good too, but there's just something about the interaction. As many of us are suffocated from that right now with social distancing and shutdowns and things that have gone on. So I tell people, if you could do it in person, even, hey, let's meet at the coffee shop. Let's chat. Hey, um, can, you know, just call them out the blue. Go out of your way to find someone that needs encouragement. Even if you don't feel like it, okay? And then pay attention to how you feel after you took time to encourage them. You're going to see that even you began to feel better. And this thing starts to spread. It, it, it's, it's an infection in, in, in the best way possible. Begin to infect each other with encouragement. Infect each other with hope. Real hope, all right? We need it now more than ever. Now more than ever, no matter what your struggle is, like, look, it's not to make light of it, but everybody is fighting something. Everybody has some sort of struggle right now. Everybody. All right. But I'm telling you, this is simple. It costs no money. All right. And all of us can do it. And all of us need it. Encouragement unifies people. Encouragement lifts their spirits. Encouragement changes their perspective. Encouragement pumps them with hope. Encouragement literally changes the molecular structure of their body. It's proven fact. I'll get into it in another podcast. Or just do it. Step out of your comfort zone and see how you can actually step into a situation, go out of your way to encourage somebody else. Pay attention to how you feel. Watch what it does to them. It becomes contagious. It becomes invigorating to live this way and say, you know what? I'm going to choose to see the good. I'm not going to be naive and unaware of the problems or aware of the problems. Okay. But I'm going to choose to bring the solution into it. I'm going to choose to bring encouragement where there's discouragement. I'm going to choose to bring hope where there's hopelessness. Every single one of us can do it every day in some small way. And it begins to add up. The world needs it. I need it. You need it. We need it. The whole world needs it. And they need it now desperately. And God wants to use you to spread that all around as you go. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Recovering Reality Podcast. If you're interested in recovery coaching, please reach out to us. Get plugged into a free 20-minute session so we can get you on the road to transformation. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. You can start a brand new life starting today. Look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks for joining us.